morning, Southwoods. We're so glad to see you this morning. Thank you for being here. I know Jesus is excited about it. We're excited about it. For those who are watching live stream, so glad you're joining us this morning. Make sure you have an opportunity to get some communion. If you haven't done that yet today, grab that from the table because we're going to be doing that a little bit later. Um, just make sure you're prepared for that. Those at home, go and grab that now, whatever you have, crackers, juice, whatever works for you because we're going to do that together as a family. Thank you, thank you for being here today. We love you guys so much. Uh, just a couple of announcements before we get started. Um, VBS is coming up. Woohoo! I'm excited. I know Kristen Perky's excited. Um, Vacation Bible School registration. There's a card in the back. You can register online. July 27th, 28th, and 29th will be the VBS dates from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Make sure you get your kiddos signed up, get your neighbors signed up. Information back there on the table. Um, it's going to be awesome. And if you have questions, surely talk to Kristen Perky uh, for details. Um, call the church office. Somebody can help you there. And then the churchwide garage sale is coming up. And um, this is something that is going to be beneficial to our youth because they're raising money for the trip that they're going to be taking to Jamaica. Is that correct? So that's pretty awesome. So donations are going to be taken um, today after church through Wednesday. Bring them up to the church. Um, then Thursday, this coming Thursday, will be a church-only preview for church, uh, for church folks, folks who call Southwoods home. Um, come between 6 and 8. You can check out what's here. And then Friday from 9 to 4, this coming Friday, and then Saturday from 9 to 3, it'll be open to the public. So if you have questions, ask Cody. Cody can help you out with those details. Um, it should be awesome. And we want to make sure that uh, it's blessed so that our youth can have all the money they need to do what God's called them to do. Awesome. Thank you so much. Stand up. Let's worship together. Oh, sorry. There's a video. Sorry about that. <laughs> Sit down. <laughs>
Amen, indeed. Let's stand together.
give an air five. Say hello this morning as we continue on with our worship.
so grateful for the faithfulness of God in this place today and every day in our lives. Amen. Amen. All right. We have an opportunity to give here at Southwoods um, in several different ways. You can see up here on the screen, there's three ways to give in person. You can, uh, there's little trays on the tables where the communion is. If you haven't gotten your communion, again, just a reminder, grab that. But then you can get, uh, you can put your offering in the tray. You can mail it in or you can pay online or provide online, give online. So those, those three ways that you can give into the ministry that God is doing here at Southwoods. You can stay seated for this next song. Every time I tried to make it on my own Every time I tried to stand and start to fall and all those lonely roads that I have traveled on There was Jesus When the life I killed came crashing to Jesus, in the waiting. 
You know, I'm going to be I'm going to be transparent with you this morning. Um, I've been kind of struggling. You know, um, not, nothing big or huge or anything, but I mean, it's just there's there's just things in our in our lives. You know, just personal questionings. There's I don't know the heaviness of my soul. I'm just, I'm, in many ways, I'm just exhausted. Exhausted on some different levels. And I'm guessing that a lot of you can relate to that too. And this song that we just sang, uh, to me, was just, it was a very personal, powerful song because it kind of resonates a little bit with my heart. And I'm very thankful that I serve a God who doesn't leave me alone. It's so easy to get to just think about what I'm going through or what I'm feeling right now instead of focusing on the faithfulness of God. And it's not just on a personal level. The amazing thing is that God has not left us alone. And it's, it's we can look across all the things that weigh us down and you know what? Jesus' shoulders are big enough for it. And it's not that he doesn't understand that because he does. He went to the garden and, and he bled drops of sweat. I, I, I've never experienced that before. He was, he was betrayed. His death warrant was signed with a kiss. I've never had that before. And yet at the same time on the cross, when he looks out among everybody, he says, Father, forgive them. That's just amazing to me that we serve a God who... In Jesus who, who goes to the cross, who experiences all these things and yet looks out with, with tenderness, with forgiveness at each and every one of us. And I, I don't I don't deserve it. It's powerful that He has given us a way when we have no other way. We serve a God who's in the miracle business. And that's what we need sometimes. That's what we need right now. Right now, we're going to be taking communion. And it's a reminder of this miracle where the amazing transaction happened, where we get to receive what he deserves and we give him what we deserve and he takes it upon his shoulders. And it's so easy to take this moment lightly because we do it every week but it should never be taken lightly because right here is the, the crux of, of our belief. If this doesn't happen, nothing that we do this morning or in our daily lives in worship of Jesus matters. But he did, and it does. So let's focus on that right now and thank God for the gift of Jesus. Dear Father, thank you so much for the blood of your Son that gives our life purpose. No matter how we're feeling right now, it, it, it pales in comparison to your faithfulness of us. You have not let us go, and you will not let us go, and you have given us a way out. And Lord, our, our response should simply be, Lord, I trust that. 
And as we take communion right now, let it be a response of faithfulness to say, Lord, whatever's going on in my life, I trust you. I trust your path. I trust your faithfulness in me. And so I'm going to respond in faith. And just thank you for that and receive it. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to worship together with one more song before we take communion. Would you stand with us?
Well, good morning, Southwoods. It's good to see you all this morning, whether you're live stream or with us physically in present, uh, presence here. We, uh, we're thrilled about that. 244 years ago yesterday, the United States of America was born. Since that day in uh, 1776, our nation has been blessed. We're a very blessed nation. But over the course of those years, uh, we faced countless struggles as a nation. We faced wars, we faced health crises, economic upheaval. We've dealt with slavery and racism and corruption in government and business. We've had educational difficulties. There have been marriage and family struggles throughout the history of the nation. There have been natural disasters and a long list of other issues and challenges that have confronted us as a nation. All of these issues and challenges common to mankind throughout the earth and throughout history. But America's approach to dealing with these challenges since its inception was different from most of the other nations of Earth's history. Our forefathers believed that this nation, functioning under the authority of the almighty God of the Bible, could overcome whatever obstacle, whatever challenge it might face. Our forefathers believed that if we surrendered ourselves fully as a nation to God, that eventually we would rise to a place of freedom and justice for all. The beliefs of our founders, our forefathers, are best heard in their own words. I want you to listen to what Benjamin Franklin said to the men who wrote our Constitution in 1787. After weeks of disagreement and little progress at the Constitutional Convention, Benjamin Franklin rose to his feet, and here's what he said, addressing the group. He said, in the beginning of the contest with Britain, when we were sensible of danger, we had daily prayers in this room for divine protection. Our prayers, sir, were heard, and they were graciously answered. All of us who were engaged in the struggle must have observed frequent instances of a superintending providence in our favor. And have we now forgotten this powerful friend? Or do we imagine that we no longer need his assistance? I have lived, sir, he said, a long time, and the longer I live, the more convincing proofs I see of this truth, that God governs in the affairs of man. And if a sparrow cannot fall to the ground without his notice, is it probable that an empire can rise without his aid? We have been assured, sir, as he went on, in the sacred writings that except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. I firmly believe this, Benjamin Franklin said. I also believe that without his concurring aid, we shall succeed in this political building no better than the builders of Babel. We shall be divided by our little partial local interests. Our, our projects will be confounded and we ourselves shall become a reproach and a byword down to the future generations. He went on and was quite eloquent. But those were the words, friends, of a man who is often characterized in our day as a spiritual skeptic and unbeliever. He was far from a man of unbelief. I want you to listen to a few more quotes from some of our other founding fathers and past presidents who shared Benjamin Franklin's beliefs. George Washington, our very first president, said these words. He said, it is the duty of all nations 
to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God, to obey His will, to be grateful for His benefits, and humbly implore His protection and favor. James Madison, the fourth president of the United States, known as the father of our Constitution, made the following statement. He says, we have staked the whole of all our political institutions upon the capacity of mankind for self-government, upon the capacity of each and all of us to govern ourselves, to control ourselves, to sustain ourselves according to the Ten Commandments of God. Patrick Henry, who once said, give me liberty or give me death, said these words. It cannot be emphasized too strongly or too often that this great nation was founded not by religionists, but by Christians, not on religions, but on the gospel of Jesus Christ. Calvin Coolidge once said, the foundations of our society and our government rest so much on the teachings of the Bible that it would be difficult to support them if faith in these teachings would cease to be practically universal in our country. Abraham Lincoln said, It is the duty of nations as well as of men to own their dependence upon the overruling power of God and to recognize the sublime truth announced in the Holy Scriptures and proven by all of history that those nations only are blessed whose God is the Lord. If we had time, we could look at quotes from scores of other great men and women who were founders of our country, brilliant men and women, thinkers that would put most of us to shame in our day. People like John Quincy Adams, Thomas Jefferson, Noah Webster, Daniel Webster, Benjamin Russ, Judge William Blackstone, and a long list of others. All of them, all of them were convinced that under God, this nation would flourish and rise to a place of freedom and justice for all. Roll the calendar forward to 2020. We, Americans, we enjoy a globally uncommon quality of life. But you and I are witnesses to the fact that it is rapidly slipping. If we have our eyes open at all, we see it. Our nation began demoting God from his former original place of prominence over us. Several decades ago, the slipping began, and the experiment is not going so well. God is now largely unwelcome in our schools, our government, in our judicial system. He's routinely mocked in the entertainment and media industries. He's often ignored in business and neglected in many homes and individuals' lives throughout our nation. And we have multiple increasing national concerns at this moment, many of which we can do little about except vote. And of course, pray. Later this year, we'll each have an opportunity to vote. But today and every day, God through scripture implores his people to pray. Not elementary age 
prayers, but to seek the face of God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength for the blessing of God in our lives and in our nation. Listen to these biblical instructions. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 to 4 says this, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. This is like everybody. Just pray for everybody. All people. Ask God to help them intercede on their behalf. Give thanks for them. And then the text says, pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. This is good and pleases God, our Savior, who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. Just look carefully at this passage. We're to pray this way for everybody who's in authority. Kings, so he's clearly speaking of governmental leadership and all of those who, who superintend oh, and oversee national affairs. And notice why he instructs us to pray this way, that we might live peaceful and quiet lives where government does its job and we do our jobs because they do their jobs. Are you praying on a regular basis? Am I praying sufficiently on a regular basis? Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, another passage where God himself says, explains to his own people, says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and restore their land. You notice that when God's speaking here, he's not addressing, he's addressing his people, but what he says it's not that we need to pray for all of those people out there who are not honoring God, who are living however they want and so forth. What's, what's he say that we need to do? If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. And then he speaks to the kind of prayer that he's looking for. He says, and seek my face. A phrase like that just flies right over our heads, most of us. But you know what God's painting a picture of there? It's a picture of Moses who every day would walk outside the, the camp of Israel and he would go to the tent of meeting where he, his own little prayer closet, if you will, and he would spend time seeking the face of God. And the scriptures tell us that he was the only man who's ever really spent face-to-face -face time with God. But he did it because he sought him uniquely among mankind. Scripture speaks of him being the most humble man on earth. Is it any wonder that he saw the face of God? Because he, was, he came in humility and sought God and he found God. And the scriptures are saying that if we pray, if we'll humble ourselves and seek the face of God. And if we will turn from our wicked ways, here's part of it. Part of the challenge of seeking God and finding him is that we've got to humble ourselves and turn from our wicked ways. And the promise of God is that if we'll do that, God will hear from heaven and he will forgive our sins, my sins, 
our sins and restore the land. Jeremiah 29, 7, God says to his people in another instance, he says, Seek the peace of the city where I have caused you to be carried away captive. Pray to the Lord for it, for in its peace you will have peace. What's his point? His point is what's true for Israel is true for us, and that is that, that we need to appeal on God's behalf, to, on, on behalf of our cities, our nations, you know, for the God of peace to rule and reign over and for him to help our leaders and our nation accomplish God's purposes for it. Here's the bottom line, friends. To clear our heads of the many national concerns that face many of us, we're going to have to pray. And we're going to have to pray more than once. We're going to have to pray often. We're going to have to seek the face of God in a way that our forefathers did, but in a way that many of us have taken for granted. We're going to have to do that today and in the days ahead. And for the remainder of our days, we must do this. And on this 4th of July weekend, we're going to give you an opportunity to do that uh, this morning. Thankfully, God promises that if we seek him, you know, we'll hear from, he'll hear from heaven and he'll respond to our needs. On this 4th of July weekend, we're going to give you an opportunity to seek God in just a few moments. What we're going to do is just kind of give you an opportunity to have a, a guided prayer time right now. Uh, I'm going to start our prayer time in just a minute. I'll kind of pray a brief beginning. And then as I finish, uh, there'll be slides that will begin to come up on the screen that will guide and direct our prayers. And uh, if you're watching live stream, you'll see those. And so you'll be able to partner with us in this. But here's what I want to encourage you to do. Just follow the prompts. It's okay to pray with your eyes open as we do this. Just kind of watch those screens. Because each slide will be up uh, several seconds, give you an opportunity to pray about that particular topic. And then uh, when the next slide comes up, just quickly wrap up what you were praying for and move on to the next topic. I would encourage you, if you'd like Reminders of what these are later, uh, just for future prayer purposes, let me know. I'm happy to pass that information along at a future date. After the last slide, I'm going to ask you all to stand. And then I'm going to close our prayer time together with sort of a prayer of blessing over you and a prayer of blessing over our nation that I know you'll want to just join me and agree with me as we pray for that, okay? So let's uh, get started, all right? Let's let's. I guess bow our heads or just begin to pray, okay? Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have been so good to our nation and to us. We did not choose to be born here. You, you made it possible for us to be in this place at this time. It's not a coincidence. We thank you for that. Our request of you, O oh God, is that you, just as your word says, that you would hear our prayers as we seek your face. You would draw near to us. We acknowledge, oh God, our shortcomings. And even as we pray, we want to lay those before you. And our request is that you'll honor your word, that you'll hear from heaven. That you'll forgive our sins. That you'll restore our land. 
that you'll strengthen our leaders, uh, that you'll give them courage to lead, that you will break the power of those forces of darkness that would wish to uh, cover the light of this nation and those who are your children here. Just ask God that you would hear us as we bring our many concerns and prayers on behalf of our leaders and our nation to you in these moments. So hear our prayers, Lord.
with a prayer of blessing for you, for all of you listening via live stream. And we're going to pray a prayer of blessing, ask a prayer of blessing on our nation too. Uh, the real fireworks we need come from heaven. And that is uh, a desperate need. And so I just want to invite you now, if you would, just bow your heads with me. And uh, let's implore God related to these things. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have heard our prayers. We thank you that as we lift these prayers in the days ahead, that you will hear as well because you're longing for your people to humble themselves and seek your face. And you promise that if we'll do that, that you'll hear from heaven, you'll forgive our sins, you'll heal our land. Father, we thank you for our founding fathers and for their faith. Thank you for the covenant that they made with you in the beginning days. Setting aside this nation for you to be Lord of Lords and King of Kings over it. And it's been a place of freedom and um, blessing for many for 244 years. Is it perfect? Of course not. No more perfect then any one of us is perfect. But our national leaders throughout its history have humbled themselves and sought you for forgiveness and tried to remedy their ways just as each of us is doing on this day as we seek you and humble ourselves before you. And our request is, God, on our behalf for forgiveness and our request on behalf of our nation is forgiveness. We ask, Lord, that you would reascend the throne of our nation that that you would uh, honor us by directing us as a nation in the path that we need to go we recognize that none of us at this point can control any of this and none of us could have been in the beginning anyway there has been a divine hand of providence as benjamin franklin said at work among us for 244 years, and yes, uh, before that even. We need your divine hand 
in our generation. And as every generation has had to seek you, we seek you. We ask for your mercy, your compassion, your favor, your provision, your protection. We ask that your will would be done on earth in our nation as it's done in the heavens. Would you bless our governmental officials? Would you bless scientists in our generation who are trying to eradicate this COVID uh, virus? Would you, uh, would you address the divisions among people in our land? Would you bring unity under your lordship in our nation? Would you allow it to begin with us, O oh God? Those hearing this message, those participating in this prayer time today, and may it spread to all who are connected to us and may it spread throughout our land and may it be more contagious than any coronavirus. Oh God, we pray for your blessing on our land. We pray for your blessing on our families here at Southwoods, those listening today, whatever church they may be a part of. God, would you help us to be salt and light in our community, in our neighborhoods, in our families. Would you help us to stand for things that you stand for, to believe in things that you believe in, to be proponents and advocates for things that you would propone, uh, speak on behalf of and advocate. Would you help us to search your word and make sure that the things that we're proposing are right, are consistent with your word? Would you forgive us for the times in which we have neglected your word for our own selfish interests, whether it be because of economics or convenience or something else? Would you help us to be men and women of courage and boldness and humility and graciousness rather than just timid and weak and whimpering. Would you walk with us and in us for the sake of the poor among us, for the sake of the lost in our world, for the sake of our children and our children's children and their children's children. And we know your word that if we'll walk with you in faithfulness, uh, you will guide our steps. Would you go with us this day, Father? Would you help the things we've prayed about today to reverberate in our mind and our spirits? Would you, would you help us, oh God, to become men and women of prayer, men and women who petition your throne for your intervention because you want to intervene, but you have chosen to not intervene unless your people seek you. You've chosen to partner with us. You don't force yourself on us. So we seek you. Give us the determination to push through all the distractions of our society that we might find you and find the help that we need. Now, would you go with us, Father, and empower us for your kingdom's sake and may Christ be exalted in the process. This is our prayer. And we lift it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, may God bless all of you. 
and may God bless the United States of America. Happy Fourth of July weekend.